Shas Illuminated presents the following shir by Rabbi Moshe Chaim Byron. Mesecha Susaita has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Noyach Stengel Le'iloi Nishmas, Faivel Yosef ben Chaim Leib and Yehuda Zev ben Faivel Yosef. Saita Daf Yud Aleph. The Gemara discusses that which the Mishnah says, just like Le'inyin Ro, we say, B'midosh Adam Moided, Bo Moided in Loi, so to Le'inyin Hatova. An example that the Gemara gives is Miriam, she was Himtina Lemoshe Shoachas, and Klaisol were mountain for her seven days. On this, the Gemara asks, Mi Dami Hosam Chodoshaita Hocha Shiva Yumi. That's not Mida Kinegin Mida. She only waited for Moshe one hour, and Klaisol waited for her seven days. On this, the Gemara explains, Hochik Tani Vechain Leinin Hatova de Baisa Mida. The Mishnah just meant to say that Leinin Hatova as well, a person will be rewarded Mida Kinegin Mida. As Rashi says, Dogma may ain oisa inyan, it will be a similar type of inyan, but lo oila mida toiva meruba me mida praniyais, the amount of the reward is different than the amount of punishment. By mida praniyais, a person gets paid back equal for that which he did. Ashenkim, a mida toiva, a person gets paid back much more for that which he did. Now, Toysis over here in Dibra Maschal Miriam Himtino Lamaisha, he quotes a Toysefta. The Toysefta darshans that mida toiva is meruba me mida praniyais 500 times. This is learned out of the Pasuk in Pasha's Kisisa. The Lashon of the Pasuk is, Neitzar Chesed La'alofim. When Hashem repays good, the Lashon of the Pasuk is 2,000. When Hashem pays a person for the bad that he did, the Lashon of the Pasuk is, Poikeid Avoyin Avoy Sa'abonim Va'abonei Bonim Al-Shileishim Va'aribayim. Hashem punishes for three or four generations. The Tesefta's understanding that that which it says La'alofim means for 2,000 generations. If the schar for good is 2,000 generations, as opposed to the punishment for bad, which is to the fourth generation, so good is repaid back 500 times than bad. Now the truth is that which the Tesefta understands the Pasuk of Neitzar Chesed La'alofim to mean 2,000 generations and not 2,000 years, this would seem very difficult to understand. We know there are Midrashim which say that this Briel was only meant to last for 6,000 years, and 6,000 years there are much less than 2,000 generations so this will need an explanation. But Akaponim Rashi al also brings down like this. He translates Alofim to mean 2,000 generations. And Targumunculus as well says Alofim is Alfin Dorin. And according to this, it would come out that Mida Toiva is Meruba Mida Pranias 500 times. Now, based on this, Tysus over here asks Akasha that it doesn't work out according to the Khajbin. If Miriam waited for Moshe one hour and she was repaid, the Klaisa waited for her seven days. It comes out that she was repaid 168 times for that which she did, and not 500 times. How does this fit with the Tesefta? Now the truth is, the whole Kasha of Tesefta, there are a number of Achim which don't understand. The Svasemes and the Teres HaKanois, they ask, that maybe Enechanami Klaisal would have waited for her 500 times the amount that she waited for Moshe Rabbeinu, but it was not necessary. It was only necessary to wait for her 7 days. That's the amount that she was tummy because of her Tzaras. She had to be Mechutz Lamachaneh. And Klaisal didn't travel until the Taras went away. There was no point in waiting more than seven days, and therefore it was unnecessary for her to re- be repaid 500 times. But Akaponim Taisus was bothered by this kasha, it doesn't work out, Lufi Cheshbin. On this Taisus answers that Enechnam, we have to say, that which it says that Miriam Hemtino Lemoisha Shoachas, it's Lavdafka, it wasn't the full hour that she waited for Moshe Rabbeinu, Elo Shlish Shoa Rather, it was only a third or a quarter of an hour. That's how long she waited for Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore, Klaisal waited for her one week, seven days. That was 500 times the amount that she waited for Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, the Mashov here is bothered by the Cheshbon of Taisus. He doesn't understand what does Taisus say, Shlish Shah, Ayrivia. 
either a third of an hour or a quarter of an hour, if one does the mathematics, a third of an hour is kemat exactly one five hundredth of a week. In a week there are 168 hours, 168 times 3 is 504. Therefore, if Miriam Hanavia waited for Moshe a third of an hour, it would turn out she was repaid 504 times. If it was a drop more than a third of an hour, the amount of time she waited, about 20 minutes and 9 and a half seconds, then the week that Klaisal waited for her would be exactly 500 times the amount that she waited for Moshe Rabbeinu. This is the Mashal's Kasha. Why does Taisa say a third or a quarter of an hour? A quarter of an hour is definitely not precise. The week that Klaisal waited for her would be 672 times the amount that she waited for Moshe Rabbeinu. The Mashal leaves off with a Kasha. However, in the parentheses, the Magia on the Mashal, which apparently is the brother of the Mashal, he gives an interesting answer to this Kasha. He explains that Taisa's means to base this on that which the Loshan of the Pasuk is, it says, To the third or the fourth generation. Apparently he understands, this doesn't mean to say that Hashem pays back for the third and the fourth generation, rather sometimes Hashem repays three generations and sometimes four. And therefore when the Pasuk goes on to say that Hashem repays back good 2,000 generations, even though the Tesefta says this is 500 times that which Hashem repays bad, actually the Tesefta means to say that minimally good is 500 times that of bad. But sometimes it could be more than that. If it's a type of Peronius that Hashem repays four generations, then it turns out that good is 500 times. If it's a type of Peronius that Hashem repays back only three generations, then it will turn out that the 2,000 generations which Hashem repays good is actually much more than 500 times. It's closer to 700 times. And therefore when Taisa says that Mary Manavia also Hashem repaid back 500 times more and that which she waited, Taisa says either a third of an hour or a quarter of an hour, a third of an hour would be about 500 times, as opposed to a quarter of an hour, that would be closer to 700 times, or more precisely 666 times. For that reason, Taisa says either a third or a quarter, if it was a third of an hour, the amount of time she waited, it would turn out she was repaid almost exactly 500 times. If it was a quarter of an hour, the amount of time she waited, and the week that Klaisal waited for her, would be very close to the 666 times, which we said is the amount that sometimes Midateva is Meruba Midapraniyais. In other words, it comes out that the Lashon of Taisvis, Shlisha or Raviyasha, fits beautifully with the Lashon of the Pasuk, Al Shilashim Vauribayim. However, the Mesa, this is somewhat of a Chiddush. The Pashas of the Pasuk, Al Shilashim Vauribayim, would mean that Hashem pays to the third and to the fourth generation. According to his understanding, the Pasuk means to say that there are two options. In certain instances, Hashem repays only three generations, and sometimes Hashem repays to the fourth generation. Now in the Sefer Masas HaMelech HaLatayra, from Shemim Moshe Diskin Zetal, he offers another explanation to why Taisa says a third of an hour or a quarter of an hour. He says this would be dependent on whether we say Miktas Hayyim Kekuloi by the Hesker of Miriam. When Miriam had to be Mechutz Tamachineh, he quotes Rabbeinu Bachaya, who says that there was no din mikzasayim kekuloi, she had to be there for a full seven days. As opposed to the Re'im, the Mizrach, in the beginning of Chumash Dvarim, he says, by the Hesker of Miriam, there was a din mikzasayim kekuloi. Therefore, Rabbi Shimon Meishe explains that this is the suffix of Taisvis. If there will be no din mikzasayim kekuloi, it was a full seven days, then the Cheshbon would be that she had to have waited for Moshe a third of an hour. This would come out that, that Klaisal waited for her 500 times. 
If on the, on the other hand it was Miksa Sayyam Kekuloi, then it's very possible that the Hesker of Miriam was right before Shkiyah one day, that would be considered day one of her Hesker. And on the seventh day also we'll say Miksa Sayyam Kekuloi, already one hour into the beginning of the day, she was already released. It will turn out that her entire Hesker was five days and about 13 hours. In other words, 133 hours. If so, the Cheshman of Tesis would work out very well if she waited for Moshe Rabbeinu a quarter of an hour. That's very close to one five hundredth of the amount of time that Klaistral waited for her. So the Tut Stadim of Tesis, whether she waited a third of an hour or a quarter of an hour, would be totally in these Tut Stadim whether there was a Din Miktasiyam Kekuloi on her Hesker. Now I've just mentioned another point in the gate to this Tesis. Interestingly, the Paiskim bring down this Tesis with halachic ramifications. As far as the din in Shochnarach, Hilchas Ishus, Simon Yud Zayin, the Mechabra there is paskening what type of Aedus is necessary to ascertain that a person was Nifter in order to be Matar, his wife, to remarry. The Mechabra there brings a din that if a person falls into a body of water and the aide who's standing there watching him fall in is able to see the entire perimeter of the body of water and he knows for sure that the man did not exit, had he come out, he def- the aide definitely would have seen him. The din is that one could be matter his wife to remarry, as long as the aid was there for a long enough time period where the person could not have survived. Now how long is this exactly, the Paiskim discuss. In the Pesche Tshuva, he quotes a Tshuva Sarivosh, it says the amount of time is Sholosh Shois, three hours. That's the amount of time that a person cannot possibly have survived. In Pesche Tshuva, there quotes that the Raya of the Rivosh was from a Gemar Yivamistav Kufchaf from a base which relates a story about Bitei Shonechunya Chayfer Sichin, she fell into a bar, and they came in front of Reb Chanina Ben Daisa, and he said, after one hour, Shalom, things will be okay. After a second hour, they came, and again he said, Shalom. After the third hour, he said that it must be that she came up ready, she survived. And Rashi over there explains, because it's not possible for a person to survive three hours inside the bar. This is the Mikara of the Rivosh, that being made that a person fell into a bar and did not come out for three hours, that's enough to assume B'tayr's Vaday that they died. The Pesachet Tshuva quotes Marit, who says that this shear seems to be, to be very long, the Charet's Pasha, that even in a lot less time than that, the person could be assumed to have died. And he said, the Charet, when the Rivash said a Shah, he doesn't mean Mamish a full hour, rather like we see in Er the word Shah could be used even when referring to a fraction of an hour. The Pesachet Tshuva then quotes a Bach who says that the shear is one hour. And the Pesachet Tshuva is bothered, where did the Bach get this shear from? Where does he get that it's one hour? And he explains based on the Taisus in Ersugya. Taisus over here says that even though the Lashon of the Gemara is Shah, it actually means a third of an hour. So too, when the Gemara over there says the Maisa with Nechunya ben Akono, after three hours she would have been assumed to be dead, there also each Shah that the Gemara refers to could actually be a third of an hour, and therefore, three shois could actually be a total of one hour. That's where the Bach got his shear, based on the Taisvis in Arsugya. Now, go back to Taisvis. Taisvis continues and asks another kasha. He says, Kasha le Rebbe, Vahabe Miraglim Niframehem Yoim Lashana, Yoim Lashana, Imkain Haisim Meruba Midas Peranyais, Memida Taiva Shamiriam. And the truth is, the Lashana of Taisvis of here is not so clear, the Masha is very bothered. What does Taisus mean to say that Mida Peronius is Meruba Mida Taiva? We just said that Mida Taiva is 500 times. According to this Cheshman by the Miraglim, it would turn out that they got repaid 365 times, Yom Lashono. So what does Taisus mean to say that Mida Peronius is Meruba Mida Taiva Shamiriam? 
So Masha explains Tesis is Kasha. Perhaps to be, there has to be some change in the Girsa to make this fit well. Masar Sashas also has a change in the Girsa. But Al Kapan Masha says what Tesis is actually bothered by is that since Mida Teva is 500 times that of Midas Puranias, and Mida Teva, a person gets paid 500 times the Maisa which he did, if so, it should turn out that Midas Puranias, a person should get repaid exactly equal to that which he did. And if so, how is it that the Meraglim were punished Yom which is 365 times, it should have been Yom Liyom, one day for each day of the Ravera. This is Tesis' Kasha. Now there's an interesting terrace, the Tesis Yontif on this Mishnah in Saita, he says, This Kasha of Tesis is not difficult at all. And he explains, That which Hashem punished them, Yom Lashono, 40 years for the 40 days that the Meraglim spent in Eretz Yisrael, he says this was because of the Midas Toiva of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Really Hashem was supposed to have killed out all of that generation and they should have died in a smaller period of time. Mitaych the Midas HaToiva of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, he didn't want to kill anyone before they reached the age of 60 and therefore a Kaddish Baruch Hu killed out that generation over the next 40 years. Even a person who was 20 years old, he would only die at the age of 60, he'll die 40 years later right before Klai Saul came into Eretz Yisrael. In other words, the Taisa Yantif is saying that really ain't a chenami, they should have been punished yayim liyayim, but then they would have all died over the next 40 days. It was mitoich l'chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he punished them yayim l'shana, and their oynish was spread out over the next 40 years. He compares this to that which we saw earlier in Saita, Rabbi Oymer has schus toyla, a woman who has a schus, so she zeicha that the May Saita does not kill her right away, rather misnanva v'hayleches, she deteriorates, but she ends up living for a while still, the Taisis Yantar says, if in that case, where even though she's in Misnanva, she begins to deteriorate, still we consider it a chesed, the fact that she lives longer. So surely the Einish of the Chet Maraglim, where instead of dying right away, a Kaddish Baruch Hu extended their life, and they lived a healthy life, there surely it's a chesed, and therefore Taisis Kasha does not begin at all. There are, however, a number of Achreinim who ask a Kasha on this Taisis Yantif, it would seem not to fit with the Rashi al in Parshas Shalach. And the Pasuk which says, V'yashuvu mi Torah aris mi keitz arboim yoyim, Rashi asks Akashi, he says, Eretz Yisrael was 400 parsa. How could it be that the Meraglim traveled through Eretz Yisrael, L'orka or L'rochba, in just 40 days? On this Rashi says, Elo shagoli lifnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shayigzer aleim yoyim l'shono, Kotzar lifneim es haderach. Since HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew that they would be punished eventually, Yoyim l'shono, a year for each day that they traveled in Eretz Yisrael, therefore Hashem made a kitzur derech, he shortened their trip, shaloi kederech hateva. And it would seem that this Rashi does not fit with the Taisus Yontif. According to this far of the Taisus Yontif, the longer that they would have been punished, it would have been better if the Meraglim's trip in Eretz Yisrael would have been 80 days, then Klaisal would have been punished over the next 80 years. This would have been better off for them. What is the Pshat in this Rashi? That it was a type for them that the Meraglim's trip was a shorter amount of time. However, the Khar on this we could suggest the Teretz, the Taisis Yontif explained that it was a type for them because Hashem did not want that they should die before the age of 60 by punishing them Yom Lashana for the next 40 years. So even the youngest person who was 20 years old, anyone who was less than 20 was not included in the Gzera, but from 20 and onward, they would be able to live until the age of 60 since the punishment was spread out over the next 40 years. However, we could suggest that this as the Taisis Yontif is mashma is only they should be able to live till the age of 60. To die less than 60, that's the punishment of Kares. However, dying after 60 is not as severe. 
And therefore, even if the Meraglim would have spent more than 40 days on the way, they would have spent 50 or 60 days, still all of the people who were included in the Gzeira, anyone who was over 20, they would have died out once they reached the age of 60. So it would not have been a Maila for Hashem to spread out the Einish for more than 40 years, for 50 or 60 years. Either way, that's not going to extend anyone's life. And once it's already not beneficial to extend their Einish for more than 40 years, then really there's a far to say that it would be detrimental since the people who were under 20, they were not included in the Gzeira, they would not have died out, they would have had the right to go into Eretz Yisrael, but if the punishment of the Meraglim would have been for 60 years, and these people who were not included in the Gzeira, they would have had to wander in the Midbar for 60 years, so it turns out that extending the Einish from 40 years to 60 years would not at all be beneficial, it would only be detrimental. According to this, we can answer that it's not a stereo between the Taisus Yontif and the Rashi al there's another terrorist to this kasha which Taisus asks. This is in the Chuvas Marit, Chelik Beis, Simen Ches, and other Achrenim say similarly. That which Taisus asks, why were the Meraglim punished Yom Lashono? This is not Mida Kenegin Mida. And these Achrenim explain that Klaisar Lamaisa were only punished for 40 days, even though the punishment was spread out over 40 years. But Lamaisa, in each year, there was only one day a year where people died out. On Tishabov it says, that each year on Tishabov, the people who reached 60 that year, they died, and therefore it would turn out that it wasn't actually a punishment of Yom L'shana, it was actually Yom L'yom, the actual punishment was only for 40 days. Unless this is similar to that which the Taisa Ziyantiv said, the fact that the punishment was spread out over 40 years, that was the benefit of Klai Yisrael, this is along the same lines, that it really was only a punishment for 40 days, these 40 days were spread out over 40 years, and that Klai Yisrael had what to gain from. Now continue on in the Gemara. The Gemara brings Machlekes between Rav and Shmuel. On the Pasuk, Vayokam Melech Chodesh HaMetzrayim Asher Lo Yodas Yosef, Chad Omer Chodesh Mamish, V'chad Omer Shenishchad Shuk Zeyro Yisov. Man Omer Chodesh Mamish, Tiksiv Chodesh. Man Omer Shenishchad Shuk Zeyro Yisov, Delo Yiksiv HaYomaz VaYimloich. Now the Mashov here points out that there really is a third sheet to explain this Pasuk, Vayokam Melech Chodesh. What does it mean that he was a Melech Chodesh? In the Medrash, on this Pasuk, the Medrash brings the two Shittahs, the Shittah of Rav and Shmuel, either that it was Chodosh Mamish, or Shinishachuk Zeyreisov, and then the Medrash brings Amri Rabban on a third Pshat, Lomba Kari Melech Chodosh V'haloi Paroi Atzmi Hoyo, why is it called a Melech Chodosh if it was the same Paroi? Elo Sha'amru HaMitzrim Leparoi, originally the Mitzrim, they were the ones who said to Paroi, Boyu V'nizdavik Lu'umazu, let's deal with this nation to get rid of them, and Paroi said back to them, Amr Lahem Shoytim Atem, you're foolish. Up until this point, we only had food because of them. The Medrash then continues and says, Since Pari did not listen to the Mitzrim, they removed him from his post for three months. Until eventually, after the three months, Pari said to them, I'm willing to go along with you, whatever your desire is. The Hashivois say they returned him to his Melucha, the Fichoksiv, Vayoko Melachodosh. That's the plan in the Pasik, Vayoko Melachodosh. Paris Melucha was renewed after the three months which he had been removed. This is the third Mahalach, the Mashal points out, not like Rav or like Shmuel. Now, in the Pirish 8th Yosef on the Medrash, he's bothered. According to this chat, what does it mean when the Pasik says, the Mashmais of the Psukim is that Pari was the one who approached the Mitzrim. According to this measure, it was the opposite. 
So he explains, we have to say that it was the Sari Mitzrayim, the ministers, they were the ones who thought of the Eitzah, they approached Pari originally. When Pari didn't go along with their plan, they forced Pari out of the Malucha. When eventually Pari was reinstated, he was the one who presented this plan to the nation, but he was not the first one to think of this Eitzah. Now the Yitzhah then continues and he says, that which it's Mavur Behemshech Er Sugyo, who Hischa Be'itzah Tchilo, Pari was the first one to come up with this Eitzah, the Fikach Loka Tchilo, that's why Pari was punished first, as the Pasuk says, Ubecho Ubeamecho Ubechol Avadecho, Yitzhah says that that Pshan in the Gemara does not fit with the Pshan in the Medrash, that it was not Pari, rather the Sari Pari, who were the ones who originally came up with the plan. He says, Enichanami, this Gemara of Hu Hischa Be'itzah Tchilo does fit with Rav Shmuel, but now with the Pshat of the Medrash. And the Maral, in the Gur Arya, on this Pasuk, Vayokam Mela Chodosh, as well as over here in the Chedush HaGodesh and Mesech Lesaito, he has a Chedush in understanding this Machoikis between Rav and Shmuel. He begins with the Kasha, according to the Mando Omar, that Chodosh means Chodosh Mamish, why does the Pasuk have to say, Vayokam Mela Chodosh, had the Pasuk just simply said, Vayokam Melech Al Mitzrayim Asher Lo Yodas Yosef, from that also we would understand that this is a new Melech. Why does the Pasuk have to say the word Chodosh? And he explains, the Mandam that says Melech Chodosh means Chodosh Mamish, the Kavanah is not simply that this is a new king, rather it's a new Malchus, it's a new kingdom. And he explains that B'derech Klal, a Malchus is continuous, it gets passed from father to son, and the policies usually do not change. Here when it says Melech Chodosh means Chodosh Mamish, it was a new Malchus with new policies, and that's why they began to make Zeris against Klal Yisrael. He explains the Yisoyed Machlekes over here, whether Melech Chodosh means Chodosh Mamish, or Nishachuk Zeroisov, he explains the Oymek HaMachlekes is, according to the Amanda Omar, Melech Chodosh, which means Malchus Chodosh, and Kodesh Baruch Hu switched the Malchus, because Klaisal were ready to be Nishtabid by that new Malchus, not by the original Malchus. The Amanda Omar that says Nishachuk Zeroisov, that Amanda Omar holds, once a Kodesh Baruch Hu made Xer that Klaisal has to be Nishtabid, it was not necessary for Kodesh Baruch Hu to switch the entire Malchus, rather only to switch the approach of the Malchus, the policies, that was all that was necessary in order for Klai Yisrael to be Nishtabid. And Meral therefore goes on and he says, according to this explanation, that Melech Chodosh means Malchus Chodosh, and you could say even according to the Mandama that it was Nishachuk Zeroisov and it wasn't a Melech Chodosh, that does not mean to say that the same Pare ruled from the days of Yosef all the way to the days when Klai Yisrael were Nishtabid, he says it's not mistaber that a Melech Rosha should have such an Arichos Yomim from the time Yosef originally came in front of Pari when Yosef was 30 years old until the time when the Shebud started, which was after all of the Shvatim died out, 103 years passed, because we know that from the time Yaakov came down to Mitzrayim with the rest of the Shvatim, only 94 years later the Shebud started, and from when Yosef originally came in front of Pari, there were first seven years of Soiva and then two years of Rav, so there were nine years before Yaakov came down to Mitzrayim. If you add the nine to the ninety-four, when the Shebud first started, one hundred and three years passed from when Yosef originally came in front of Pari until the Shebud started. Therefore, if we'll understand the Yakum Melachadosh, according to the Mandamar, that it means the Shachuk Zeroisov, the Moral says if it means that it was Mamish the same Pari from the beginning when Yosef came before him, and we can assume that Pari, since he was a Melech at that time, he wasn't such a youngster. And if we'll add 103 years to whatever age he was at that point, Pari would then be a Zokin Muflog, and the Maral says it's not Mestab that he had such a Rikos Yomim. Akapam, the Maral says the way he's learning, 
that the Machoikis whether it means Melech Chodosh Mamish or Nishatruk Zeroisov, that's actually talking about whether it's a Malchus Chodosh, a new kingdom, not a new king. And we could say Lekuliam, it was not the same party all along. Machoikis is whether it was a new Malchus, a Kodesh Baruch who had to switch the Malchus in order that Klai Sol should be Nishtavid by them, or was it the same Malchus, but it was Nishatruk Zeroisov. Now the Karen Oyer on the Sugan, he also has an interesting Mahalach, Alpiderach Drush. He says, even though the Gemara says there's a Machlikis, if it was Chodosh Mamish, or Nishachu Gzeiroisov, Yeshlemer Dishneim Ladover Echad Niskavnu. The two Mahalchim are not contradictory. Ki Melech Bosser Vedom Loyasa Dover Kiim Bekoichayho Elyon. He explains that every Melech has a Sar who's Memuna on him. He quotes the Zayra Kodesh on the Postic Voyemer El Amoy. The Zayr says, V'yemer al-Amli means that the Sar Ha'elyoin told the Am of the Mitzrim. In other words, the one who instigated the whole plan really was the Sar Ha'elyoin. Everything started from him, and from him it was passed down to the Melech HaTachtoin. The Melech HaTachtoin is the one who is Moitzi El HaPoyal. Therefore the Karen says, E'nechanami on the Parah, the Bosser Vedom, on him it's Shaykh to say that there was a Melech Chodosh. There means Chodosh Mamish. However, as far as the Koychei Ha'elyoin, the Sar who was Memuna on Mitzrayim, on him we have to say Nishachuk Zeroisov, and as the Pasik says, Vyomas Yosef, Vichol Echov, Vichol Hadar Hahu, only after all of the Shvatim and that Dar died out, the Sarah probably knew that while Yosef was still alive, there was nothing that he could do against Kla Yisrael. Only after they died, the Pasik says, Ashelo Yodas Yosef, which Sigmar explains means to say, Osa Yoda, he was able to ignore the Schosim of Yosef, and at that point it was Nishachuk Zeroisov. Now with this, the Karen Oyer answers another kasha on the sugyo, which the Masha over here asks. And that is, the Gemara says, Tana hu hischa beitzah trilo lefikach loka trilo, hu hischa beitzah trilo dixiv ayimir al-amoy, lefikach loka trilo kedixiv ubecho ubamecha ubechol avadecha. This is the Pasuk which is talking about the Tzvardeya, and the Lashon of the Pasuk is, ubecho ubamecha ubechol avadecha, yalu ha Tzvardim. The Gemara is explaining the reason why the Tzvardim affected first paroi, is because he was Hischel Ba'itza Trilo. Now the Mashovir asks Akasha, he says, Why did the Gemara quote this Pasuk of Bucho Ba'mechu Bechol Avadecha, which is in Perek Zayim Pasuk of Tes? If you look at the previous Pasuk, Pasuk of Ches, the Pasuk says, Vesharat Hayaort Svardim, Vaolu Ubo Bebeisecho, Ubechadar Mishkovecho, Vaal Mitosecho, Ubebeis Avadecho, Ubamecho, Ubetanurecho, Ubemeshari Secho. When the Pasuk is talking about that Svardim will come into the houses, it first says, Ubo Bebeisecho, and then only afterwards, Bebeis Avodecho Uba Mecha. Why did one not quote this Pasuk, which is first? Here also we see that the Tzvardea first came into Pari's house, and then only afterwards, Bebeis Avodecho Uba Mecha. This is the question that the Masha asks, and he explains that from the first Pasuk, there would be no right that Pari was Loka Trilo because who Hischa Beitza Trilo, rather when Moshe came to warn Pari about the effects that the Tzvardea will have, he began with the most chomer by saying that they'll come into your house, and then afterwards only he's mentioned Beis Avadecha Uba However, once we get to Pasuk of Test, the Mashal says, here already it's extra, why does it have to repeat Bechol Ba'amecha Bechol Avadecha? And furthermore, the order is switched. In Pasuk of Ches, it says Bebeischa, and then afterwards Beis Avadecha Uba'amecha. The Avadim came before the Amecha. And in Pasuk of Test, after it says Bechol, it says Amecha and then Avadecha. From here the Gemara concluded that the point of the second Pasuk is to stress the order how the Tzvadeh will affect Mitzrayim. Therefore it says, Becho, first Parai, afterwards Amecho, 
As the Pasuk says, Vayilmer Paro Yel Amoy, Paro was the initiator, and he then approached his Am. That's why the Pasuk says, Ubecho Uba Mecho. And then only afterwards does the Pasuk say, Ubecho Lavodecho. This is Mashah's Pshat in the Gemara's Drasha. Now if we take a look at the Balaturim on this Pasuk, he also makes this point that the Drasha of the Gemara is from the second Pasuk, and not from the first Pasuk. And he explains, because the second Pasuk, Becho Uba Mecho, Becho Lavodecho, as Rashi over there explains, the Tzfardeh went inside their gulf, Umekarkarim, they were croaking from inside them. As far as this chilek of the Einish, the Tzfardeh going into the gulf Mamish, that's where it was first Paroi, then Amoy, and then Avodov, because who hischabeitz a trilo, as it says, paroy el Amoy. However, in the first Pasuk, as far as the Tzfardeh going into the Batim, there was Lavdafka Kafi, this Seder, rather after it says Beisecho, it says Avodecho, and then Amecho. This chilek of the Einish, the Tzvadeh going into the houses, this Enchanami was not based on who hischel be'etzah t'chilo. The Lemais in the end, Mashal leaves off with the Kasha on Rashi's Pirish al because Rashi brings this drosha of who hischel be'etzah t'chilo from the first Pasuk, not like the way it is in our Gemara. The Medrash also brings the drosha from the second Pasuk. The Rosh over there in his Pirish on the Medrash points this out, that the Medrash is not dashing the first Pasuk the way Rashi al brings, Rather, the second pasuk, Nushash explains, similar to the Mashal, that from the first pasuk, there's no raya that the order is based on who hischa be'etzah tchila. Rather, Moshe, when he was warning Paroi, he mentioned that which was most choshev. He began with Paroi, and then afterwards he went on to Avodov and Amecha. However, in the next pasuk, pasuk of Tess, there Moshe Rabbeinu meant to tell Paroi the order how exactly the Tzfardeh would affect them. Over there it says, first Becho, then Amecho, and then Avodecho. This Sigma explains it's because who Hischel Be'etzah Trilo. Now the Rashash compares this, he says, this is similar to that which we see earlier in Saita on Daftesa Medbez. The Gemara says that when the Kayin gave the Klaw to the Saita, Kilayit, Layit Trilo Yerech, Vahodar Beten. As the Mishnah says, Be'erech is Trilo, Ba'avera Trilo, Va'acharkach Ha'beten, Lefikach Tilke Ha'erech Trilo, Va'acharkach Ha'beten. This is based on the Posuk, However, the Gemara says, When the Mayim was by the Kur, it was first the Beten and then the Yerech, as the Lashon of the Pasuk, And the Gemara continues, and the Gemara says, even though we find by the Klala also, the Kain was Makdim the Beten to the Yerech, the Gemara explains, in other words, the Kayin told her two things. He was Makal first the Yerech and then the Beten. That's because of the Midah Kenegin Midah. But at the same time he told her the order that the Mayim would affect her that it would be first the Beten and then the Yerech. The Shash says here as well, the two Pesukim are, the first Pesuk was like the Klolo. Moshe told Pari what would be affected by the Tzvardeya. And he began with the most Choshev. He began with Pari himself, then his Avodim and then his Amecho. But the said that was not the Seder how the, how the Tzvardeya would work. That was the next pasuk. He describes the order. That's because who hischa Now the Karen order has a different mahalach to answer this question: Why the Gemara was medayik from the second pasuk and not the first pasuk? And this is based on the yisoid that we mentioned before from the Karen Eira. He brings a zayir that the pasuk which says "Ve'yomer paro yel amoy" is referring to the sarha elyon. As the Karen Eira explained, the sarha elyon is the one who initiates things. And the Melech HaTachton is the one who is Moitzi El HaPoyal. And based on this, the Karen Eira explains 
And the Pasuk which says, And afterwards, That's referring to Pari himself. That which the Torah repeats afterwards and says, Here, this Pasuk already is not referring to Pari, the Melchatachtoin, rather it's referring to the Sarha Elyoin. This is the reason why the Torah repeated it another time. And this is what the Gemara's Drasha is referring to, who Hischa Be'itzah Tchila, this is referring to the Sarha Elyoin. This is what the Gemara meant when the Gemara said, Hu Hischa Be'itzah Tchila, Lefika Chuloka Tchila. And the Kanara quotes a Medrash where it says, Keshu Nifram in Uma, when a Kashbarach repays a nation for the bad that they've done, the first to receive the retribution is the Sarha Elyoin of that nation. Now we'll continue on further down the Omer. The Gemara brings Omer of Chia Barab, Omer of Simoi, Shloisha Hayu Ba'isei Eitza, Bilaim Vi'iyav Vi'yisrei, Bilaim Shayyat Snerag, Iyav Shashal Saknidan Bi'yisurin, Yisrei Shabarach Zochum Ibnei Banov Shayyashvu Belishka Sagazis. Now what is Oisa Eitza? Rashi says Dinishak Maloi. The pasuk in the beginning of Shemois, Hava Nishak Maloi. That pasuk really was an Eitza. The Pari asked from three of his Yoyetov, and this was the response, as the Gemara says. Now there's a cash over here that a number of Rishonim ask, the Dasakinim of Aliyatosis on that Pasuk, as well as the Cheskuni, and Rashi and Sanhedrin, the Afkuvah from Rebbeis, asked this Kasha as well. And that is, they asked, this Gemara seems to be a Sira to the Gemara and Sanhedrin Kuvav. The Gemara there relates a story about a certain Min who came in front of Reb Chanino, and he asked Reb Chanino, Mishmiya Lecha Bilom Bar Kamahava. Do you know how old Bilam was when he died? On that, Rabbi Hanina said, Mikhtav Leksiv, it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah. However, he continued, Midiksiv, since the Pasuk in Tehillim says, Anche Domimumirmo, Loyechatsu Yemehem, from here Rabbi Hanina said, I see that he lived Bartlosin Vitlas Shnin, Oi Bartlosin Vaarba. He lived until the age of 33 or 34. Since, as the Pasuk says, Yemeshne Seim Behem Shivim Shana, the average age of a person lives to a 70 years, and Rishon won't live until half of those years. In other words, they'll live less than 35. From here he concluded that Bilam lived until the age of 33 or 34. This is what Rabchanina told the Min. Amar Lay, the Min said back to him, Shaper Ka'amrit, the truth is you are correct. I myself saw a notepad of Bilam, in the notepad was written that Bilam was 33 years old, Bilam the Chagira, the lame one. He was killed by Pinchas Listah at the age of 33. This is referring to when Bilam was killed by the Melchemes Midian. Rashi over there explains that Pinchas was the Sar he was the general, and even if it doesn't mean literally that Pinchas himself killed him, but if one of the other men in the army killed him also, it could be attributed to Pinchas. Al-Kopanim, from that Gemara we see that Bilam lived only until the age of 33. And the kasha that the Rishonim ask is that these two Gemaras seem to be contradictory because from Agamar we see that Bilam was already alive before the Shibut of Klaisal and Mitzrayim began. He was one of the Yoyitzim of Paroi when Paroi came up with the Eitzah of Hava Nishak Maloi. So it turns out Bilam lived through the entire Shibut of Klaisal and Mitzrayim and additionally even when they came out of Mitzrayim he was only killed 40 years later right before Klaisal went into Eretz Yisrael. That's when Melchemes Midian was waged that war. Kalash Baruch told Moshe he should fight this war and then afterwards Moshe Rabbeinu was going to die before Klaisal went into Eretz Yisrael. So Bilam only died at the end of the 40 years in the Midbar which will make him much older than 33. The Chajim that the Dasa Kenu Balatosfer says is that he was 140. 
the way he makes the cheshbon is that that pasuk of Hovah Nishak Maloy, that was when the Mitzvah made Xer to throw all the babies into the Yar. That was right before Moshe Rabbeinu was born. And Moshe Rabbeinu was 80 when he left Mitzrayim. And he says we could assume that if Pari was Misyaitz with Bilom, he must have been at least 20 years old to be one of the Yaitzim of Pari. So that puts him already at 100 years. And then another 40 years from when they left Mitzrayim until Klai Yisrael fought the Mechemes Midian when Bilom was killed right before they came into Eretz Yisrael, that would make him 140. Rashi Sanhedrin, who also asks this kasha, he makes a different chesh when he says that Bilam would have had to have been 210 years. This chesh of Rashi is because those were the amount of years that Klai saw were in Mitzrayim. The Maestro, the Meloi Haroim over there in Sanhedrin asks on Rashi that 210 years were not the amount of years of Shibud. Rashi should have made the chesh in the way the other Yishayim said that there were 80 years from this Pasuk of Havan Eschachma until Klai saw left Mitzrayim. And then another 40 years in the Midbar before Mechemes Midian. But Akopan, all of these Rishayim asked the same Kasha, and Rashi over there says that Enechanam, we have to say that Ergumar and Seita Dafiralif does not fit with the Gemara over there, which says that Bilam died at the age of 33. However, the Dasikanim, as well as the Cheskuni, they bring a different Territ to answer this Kasha. They want to suggest that which Ergumar says, Shloisha Hayu Ba'isa Eitzah, Eitzah is now referring to the Eitzah of Havan Ishaq Maloy, rather the Eitzah that Bilam gave, Lechoi Yatzcha, in Parshas Bolok, when he saw that he was not able to be Mikhail or Klai Yisrael, he gave an Eitzah to Bolok to cause Klai Yisrael to sin with the Benois Mayav. That's the Eitzah that Eretz Gemara is referring to when it says Shleisha Hayu Ba'isa Eitzah. The Maisa, this is definitely not the Pashtas of our Sugya. Rashi clearly learns not like this, and the Sugya itself is not Mashma that we're referring to a different time period. The whole Sugya is talking about the time period of Yitzias Mitzrayim. But Akapam, that would be one Mahach to answer the Stira. If the Eitzah that we're referring to is the Eitzah of Benois Midian and not the Eitzah of Havan Ishaqma, so we don't have a Raya that Bilam was alive while Klaisal were in Mitzrayim, it could be Bilam was born afterwards when Klaisal was in the Midbar, and he could have been 33 at the time he was killed by Mechemes Midian. However, the Dasakim then asks that there's another Gemara, which is still difficult, it still seems to be a contradiction to that Gemara in Sanhedrin Daf Kuvav. And that is the Gemara in Zvachim Daf Kuv Tasayin, Relates, Beshashen Nosen Hakadosh Baruch Hu Torah LiYisrael Niskabtu Kol Haumos Eitzal Bilam VeAmru Ma Kol Hahamoyin Sheshamanu. They heard loud noises at the time of Matan Torah. They asked Bilam, "What's going on? What are all these loud noises?" Shema Hakadosh Baruch Hu Roitzi LaHavi Mabel. Maybe Hakadosh Baruch Hu is bringing a Mabel. The Gemara goes on to relate that Bilam told them, "No, that it's Hakadosh Baruch Hu giving the Torah to Klal Yisrael." From that Gemara, we see that Bilam was alive at the time of Matan Torah, and if so, the Kasha would still be difficult. We see that Bilam was alive at the time Klaistal came out of Mitzrayim, Bishas Kabbalah Satayra, and Dasakanim says, minimally he would have to be at least 20 years for all of the Umay Sa'ilam to come to him to ask an Asa to find out what's going on. So even if we'll seem, assume that he was only 20, that would still make him 60 years old at the time he died by Mechemes Midian at the end of the 40 years of Klaistal being in the Midbar. Well, Maisa, there's another tarot which is also very Mechudish that the Cheskuni brings. He says, Yeshleim were the Trey Bilom Havu. There were two people with the same name Bilom. One was the grandfather of the other one. The grandson was named after his grandfather. And when it says, Shleishu Hayu Ba'isa Eitzah, that's referring to the grandfather Bilom. He was around at the time of the beginning of the Shibut of Mitzrayim. And his grandson Bilom, he was the one who came to be Mikhail Kaisa when they were in the Midbar. And he died at the age of 33 by Melchemes Midian. This is also very Mechudesh, and the Chayra also it's difficult. The Gemara over here says, Shloisha Hayu Ba'isa Eitzah, Bilam Shayat Nehrag. 
Where did the Gemara know that he was Nerag? What was the Makar to say that he was killed? Pashtus means, as we see in the Psukim, he was killed by Mechemes Midian. According to this part of the Chizkuni, that's not the same Bilom. So how did the Gemara know? What was the Makar to say that Bilom, the grandfather, the one who gave the Eitzah to the Shibit of Mitzrayim, that he was eventually killed? Now just went, mention one more Medrash, they get to the age of Bilom, the Rishash and Sanhedrin on Lafkuf Vavam and Beis over there, He's mitzayin to look at that which he wrote in the Medrash in Parshas Balok. In Perk Chav Beis, Pasuk Chav Ches. The Medrash over there says on the Pasuk, Haloi Anoichi Asoincho, Asher Rechavta Alay Meoitcha Ad Hayoyim Hazeh. The Medrash says, Halomadita, Sheloi Hayezokin. From here we see that Bilam was not a Zokin at this point. Shehaosin Gedoi Lahaymeno. His Osin was older than him. The Mashmois of the Pasuk is that he wrote on this Osin, from when he was born, that would be mashed that the Osin was older than, than him. From here the Medrash says, we see that Bilam was not old at the time. The Rishash over there in his Pirush on the Medrash points out that that Medrash does fit very, very well with the Gemara Sanhedrin Daf Kovov that Bilam died at the age of 33. However, Ersugyo, which is Mavur that Bilam was from the Yoyatim of Paroi, would not fit with that Medrash, the Rishash says, if Bilam was there at the time of the Eitzah of Hava Nishak Maloy, and when Bilam was going to curse Klai Yisrael, he would already be old at that point, not like that which the Medrash says, that from the Pasuk of Haloya Anoichi Yasoincha, we see, Lamadata, that at that point, Bilam was not Izakin. Now I'll mention just one more point about this Gemara, that which it says, Bilam Shayat Nerag, the Gemara seems to be Mashma, the reason why Bilam was killed, was a punishment for his Eitzah that he gave Paroy, to be Meshavit Klai in Mitzrayim. The Pashas we usually understand that Bilam was killed for that which he tried to be Mekal Klai Yisrael, and that which he gave Eitzel Liznois and Benois Moyov. From here it would be Mashman that that's not the reason, rather it was because of the Eitzel that he gave Paroi. And the Sefer Kerem Nata he explains that really it was both. And he quotes Sigmar earlier on Daftes Amid Aleph, which says, Ain the Kaddish Baruch Hu Nifram Min Adam Achen Ismael Esosai, Shenemar Bimelois Seifkoi Yetzerloi. And he explains further, the truth is it was the same chet of Bilam all along. In the beginning he gave an Asa to Parah, Yehovah Nishak Maloy. That's because Pari was concerned about Klai Yisrael, they were growing in their numbers. As we see Pari said, He Bilam's was intended to prevent the growth of Klai Yisrael. And further along as well, when he gave the Asa to cause Klai Yisrael to sin with Bnei Smayav, there also we find that he said, Alekim Zimo. He said that Bakash Baruch will be Mesalik, the Shechina, the Hashkacha from Klai Yisrael. And Klai Yisrael lost 24,000 people in the Magaifa at that time. So the point of Bilam was the same all along to kill out Klai Yisrael to prevent their growth. Eventually it was Nismal Asasai and he was punished for both of these Averis. Now continue on. The Gwana Medbez quotes the Pasuk, Vayemir Melech Mitzrayim the Miyadis Ivriyais, Ravishmol, Chad Omar Isho Bita, Vachad Omar Kala Vachamaisa. Mandomer <laughs> Or either Yecheved and Miriam or Yecheved Ve'Elisheva. We just mentioned that Ezra over here points out, he says it's not Shaykh that Klai Yisrael 
such a tremendous nation would only have two miyaldois. He says, for a nation of Shishim Riboy, they would have had, they would have needed at least 500 miyaldois. Rather, the Pasuk means to say that they were the Sarois ala miyaldois. They were the head midwives. They were in charge of the rest of the midwives. Now, if we take a look at Rashi and Taisus over here, we see that there's a Machoikis. What is the Pshat? That which Miriam was called Pua, Shaisa Payalivlad. Rashi over explains, Payalivlad means Mishashas Oisai, Kederach Shemisachim, Latinoikos, Bedvarm Arivim Nishashoi. Taisus over here quotes Bashem Rabbeinu Chananel, Loichashais Lachisha, Vyotza Avlad, Kemosha Oisim Elo Achshav, Beozne Isha. There was a way to whisper to the child to help the Vlad come out. That's what Lashon of Pua means according to Rabbeinu Chananel. Now the truth is, if you look in the Girsa of the Gemara, in the parentheses we have the Lashon, Shaisa Poya Umoitziya Savlad. L'cher Rabbeinu Chananel had that Girsa, that the Poya that she did caused the child to come out. That's how he explains that Poya means she was Loicha Shais Lechisha to the Vlad. As opposed to Rashi, Rashi clearly did not have that Girsa. The way Rashi explains Poya, this is something which is done after the child is already out of the womb. Now the Dasakanim on this Pasuk, he brings Rav Shmuel, Charomer Yishu Bito, Charomer Kal Vechamaisa. Then he says, Dover Achor, a different pshat, that the word Miyaldais in this pasuk is Chosar Vav, and therefore it can be read Miyaledes, Beloshin Yochid, and not Beloshin Rabim. And he explains, Lomach, Lihoisa Kiim Miyaledes Achas, it really means there was only one Miyaledes, Vahainu Yucheved, Ava Miriam, Naira Hoisa, Lihoisa Miyaledes. Miriam at that time was still young, she did not act as a midwife, Elo Poyer Levlad. She sang to the baby after it was born, similar to what Rashi over here explains, Meshashas Oisai Kedach Shemesachim Litinoikos. Dasakim then goes on and says, Davarachar, a different shot, that Paya over here does not mean the way Rashi explains, rather Paya lo yeled bebeten vikoiroloi tsei vuhu yoitsei. Paya means that she spoke to the child while he was still bebeten, similar to the way Rabbeinu Hanan over here learns in the Sugya. From this Dasakim and Mitzmashma, the reason why Rabbeinu Hanan did not want to learn like Rashi is, because Argomar says that there were two Miyaldais. Shifra and Pua were both Miyaldais. The way Rashi explains that Pua is a Lushan Payal of Lad, which means after the child was born already, why would this be called a Miyaledis? This is not a midwife. She's not helping the mother deliver the baby, Bechlal. Only after the baby is born, she's helping to take care of the baby. For that reason, Rabbeinu Hanana wanted to learn Payal of Lad means before the child is born. That's the Chayr why Rabbeinu Hanana would not want to learn like Rashi. However, we could point out that the truth is, the way the Gemara explains the Lashon of Shifra, that's also something which is done after the baby is already born. As Rashi explains, she helped smooth out the limbs of the baby to straighten them out after the birth. So if the reason why Rabbeinu Hanal did not want to learn like Rashi is because the explanation of Rashi, why she was called Pua, that's not a reason why she would be considered a Miyaledes. If so, then Shifra also who's described as being Mishaperes Savlad, she also should not be called the Miyaledes. In the Chayr, we could explain Bedas Rashi, that even though these names of Shifra and Pua, they were called after actions which were done after the baby was born, it doesn't mean to say that they were not Miyaledes. Rather, surely they both were midwives, they did deliver the baby, and we could suggest the reason why they chose Dafka these names, Shifra and Pua, Mishaperes Savlad and Poyalivlad, these things were done after the birth, it could be that Bedafka chose these names because as you see in the parasha, when Pari came to them and asked them, Why are you keeping the babies alive? And they answered, The Jewish women are different than the Mitzri women. They're like Chayis, as Rashi explains, 
They're like animals which give birth without a midwife. So they were telling Pari that these women, these Jewish women, they give birth even before the Miyaladas arrives. If so, the obvious question that Pari would ask them is, what is your role over here? Why are Miyaladas necessary at all for Kla Yisrael if you just said that they give birth even without a Miyaladas? For this reason, they Bedafka called themselves Shifra and Pua to signify their role that in Echnami they were not necessary for the actual birth, they were only necessary for after the child is born to be Mishaperes Savlad and to be Paya Livlad. Now we'll discuss one last point further down the Omer. Gmar brings a member Omer of Chanina, Simon Godol Moser Lahim, Ben Ponev Lamato, Bas Poneho Lamala. He gave his Simon to know if the child will be a boy or a girl even before the child leaves totally from the womb depending which way they're facing. Now the Mashah and Sanhedrin, the Afnun Zayin Amad Beis explains this Gemara, based on that which the Gemara over there in Sanhedrin is Mavur, that Ben Noyach Nehrag Aharigas Ubrin. A guy is punished for killing a fetus, as opposed to a Yid, his Isser Ritzicha does not include a fetus. The Gemara over there learns it out from Psukim, and the Mashah says, based on this we can understand why is it, firstly that Pari Dafka told the Miyadis HaIvriyais, to kill the children and not Miyadis Mitzriyais. He did not replace the Miyadis Ivriyais with Miyadis Mitzriyais. Rather, he told the Ivriyais to do the job of killing the child before the child leaves the mother's womb. And he explained because he knew he was afraid to be punished for the Isra of Ritzicha, and he knew that a Ben Noyach was Muzar on Shvichas Dam of Uber, but Shainkin of Yisrael is not Muzar on Shvichas Dam of Uber. Therefore, he Bedafka told the Miyadis Ivriyais to do the job. And furthermore, he gave them a simon how to know if it will be a zacher or a nekeva, even before the child is yotzah la'avar oilam, and even before the head fully comes out. If the head would come out already, it would no longer have the status of an uber, rather the status of a vlad, and they would be muzer on shvichos domim. So that was the reason why Pari gave them a simon to kill the child even before the head comes out. Now in the Prashas Drachim and Drush Yud Zayin, he discusses this as well, he brings a few pshatim, and what is the reason why Pari gave a simon? At first he says one shot, and he wanted that Miyadis should kill the child before the child comes out, so that even the mother herself would not realize that the Miyadis is the one who killed it, rather the mother will think that she gave birth to a stillborn. The Grah and the Kaila Leo says a similar Mahalach. Even Pari was concerned about public opinion. He didn't want the word to get out, and he gave it Sivu to kill the babies. Therefore he told the Miyadis to do it in a way that even the mother won't realize that the Miyadis is the one who killed the child. Now the Prashas Drachim, however, then goes on to bring a second Mahalach, the Mahalach of the Marsha. The Prashas Drachim has a whole pilpul about whether Klai Yisrael before Matan Torah had, had a din of Bnei Noyach, or they had a din of a Yisrael. And with this he explains the conversation between Pari and the Miyadais. The issue was whether Klai Yisrael had a din of Bnei Noyach or a din of a Yisrael. But Akupanami goes with this Mahalach of the Marsha. The simon that Pari gave to the Miyadais was for that purpose so that they should kill the Uber before the Uber is born, which for Yisrael would not be considered Shvichas Damim. There's, there's a Rishash who asks the Kastra on this Masha. The Rishash appears in his Pirish on the Medrash Rabbah, in the beginning of Shemais Parak Aleph, Pasik Tazayin, on the Pasik B'yaletchen Ivriyais. The Medrash over there says, Why was Pari Mitzavah Dafka the Miyaldais Ivriyais to kill the babies? Kedesh lo Yitzvah HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mimenu Pari was scared of being punished by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he figured that if he tells the Miyadis to kill the babies, they're the ones who would be punished. Over there the Rishash asks the Kasha from a different Medrash, a Medrash in Parashas Noyach on the Pasuk, Parak Tes, Pasuk Vav, Shoifech Dam HaOdom, 
Ba'odam Domad Yishofeich. From here the Medrash makes a drosha that Shofeich Dam Ha'odam Be'odam refers to if someone sends someone else to go and kill someone, then the Meshaleich is also Chayiv. A Ben-Noyach is Mitzvah from sending someone else to do Ritzicha. The same Medrash over there also makes a drosha that Ben-Noyach is Muzar on killing an Uber from the Pasuk Shofeich Dam Ha'odam Be'odam Adam bi Adam could refer to an uber bi mei imoy. The pasuk is telling you that that's also considered ritzicha for a ben noyach. But Akapam, the kasha that the Rishash asks is, what does the medrash in Parshas Shemois mean to say that Pari figured that if he sends the miyados to Ivriyos, then they'll get punished and he won't? If the medrash in Parshas Noyach tells us that a ben noyach is mitzvah, not only for ritzicha that he did himself, but even for sending someone else to do ritzicha. In other words, here we'll say that this is considered to have been done b'shlichos, and Meshalech will be chayiv, l'chad these two medrashim are a stira. Roshash wants to suggest that maybe the Pasuk in Noyach, where we learn that sending someone to do Ritzicha is also chayiv, that's only if he hired him, if he paid him to do the Ritzicha. He's medayik this from the Loshan of the Rambam in Perak Be'ez, Hochos Ritzeach. Rambam Paskins by Yisrael, if he sends someone else to do Ritzicha, he's mechayiv b'day shamayim. This Lachar is similar to that which the Medrash Darshan from the Pasuk. The Rambam is bringing that it's Negev by Yisrael, that he's Mechuyiv B'day Shamayim. And the Mishnah Melch over there says, B'Shem Neritva, that this din is Dafka if he's Soicher, if he hires someone to do Ritzicha, there he's Mechuyiv B'day Shamayim. And he explains, Dafka if he hires someone, there he's doing a Maisa, but a Dibur Ba'alma, if it's just a Dibur, that he's not Mechuyiv even B'day Shamayim. And the Chal the same would apply by Ben Nayach, the Meshalech would only be Mechuyah for Ritzicha if he hires the, the Shliach to do the Ritzicha. Therefore, in this case, the Rishash says, by Paroi, he wasn't paying the Miyadais to kill the babies. Therefore, it would not be included in this din, which the Medrash says that a person is Mechuyah for Ritzicha if he sends a Shliach to kill someone. Now, the Rishash over there then goes on to bring this Mashah in Sanhedrin, which we mentioned, and he asks the Kasha on the Mashah. From that which the Gmar Babetziah Daf Yud says, and even though we hold ein shliach ledvar veira, that's only in the case where the shliach himself was a bar chayuva. If the shliach is a lav bar chayuva, then the mishaleach is chayiv. And the shash asks, according to the explanation of the marsha, the miyadu seivriyos were not mitzuva on shvichas damim; they were not mitzuva from killing ubrin. Pari, however, he was the mishaleach; he was mitzuva. Therefore, even without this drasha of the medrash that there's a new concept of Ritzicha Yidei Shliach. However, the regular Klal of Shlichus, the Rishash asks, the only reason we say B'derech Klal Ein Shliach L'dvar Avera is in a case where the Shliach himself should not have done it, he was also Metzuvah in this Avera. But in the case where the Shliach was Lav Bar like over here, the Meshaleach is Mechuyiv, here we say Yei Shliach L'dvar Avera. This is the Kasha of the Rishash. One could take a look at the Kli Chemdo in Parashat Shemois in Oiz Dalid. He discusses this point, he brings up Pshad over there, now when Pari told the Miyadis Ivriyais to kill the babies before they come La'avara Elam, while there was still Ubrin, what Pari meant to say was B'monoshach. What are we going to dash in from this Pasuk, which says by Ben Noyach, Shaifich Dam Ha'odom, Ba'odom Dom Yishofich. If you can make the drosha of the Medrash, that this is referring to Shlichus, that Dam Ha'odom Be'odom means when one person sends someone else, they were Mechaev the Meshaleach, then we're not going to make the other Joshua of Odom Be'odom that this Pasuk is coming to include even an Uber, so even though there would be Shlichus, but since the babies were being killed while there was still Ubrin, there would be no Isra Ritzicha. If we're going to make the other Joshua, 
that Adam be Adam refers to Ubrin, that we're not going to make the drosha of Shlichus, therefore Pari will not be punished for sending someone else to do the Ritzicha, even if Ritzicha of an Uber is considered Ritzicha, but since there's no Shlichus over here, Pari himself did not have to worry. There's a lot of pilpul which the Achreim discuss over here, and had to understand that this Gemara by us, why is it that Pari told them a simin, he told them Dafka to kill the Ubrin before they came to Avra Elam, what is the pshat on this? Why was Pari so makbir that they should be killed before they're born? You have been listening to the Shiurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the Daf worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a Daf or Masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.